This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CDUSA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. When I first met today's guest, we arrived at the harbor at 5 a.m., in hopes of intercepting a yellowtail bite near Catalina Island in California. And no one on that fateful voyage knew that they had a bugaboo within their midst, in the form of yours truly. And it seems that nearly every time I board a motorized vessel, something goes awry. This day was no exception. Uh, To the captain's dismay and surprise, a critical piece of the motor was missing. By the time we resolved the issue, we missed the bite. Uh, Tom Johansson, I hope you learned your lesson on that one. And uh, if you ever invite me aboard your boat, the Akuma Matata, uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, that was a that was a fun trip. I think it was actually the plug for the live bait tank, if I'm not mistaken. So we couldn't take live bait out with us. <laughs> That's right, which we kind of needed for that mission. <laughs> yeah, it was a 
bit of a de- delay and a disaster. And I think the captain was pretty embarrassed, but I think it was still a fun trip. And um, we still caught some fish. And uh, between between the fish and the, uh, uh, the, the, the sea lions, um, yeah, we had some fun. Yeah, it was a great trip. I, I'd never caught those um, those calico bass before, um, which were a really amazing fish. And uh, it was just a really neat place. That was the first I'd seen Catalina. And um, yeah, it's just such a unique, unique island out there. It's like uh, I likened it to the, the old TV show, The Planet of the Apes, because you just don't expect it to be uh, right off the coast of, of Southern California. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was my first trip there too, so no, it was it was good fun. Have to get back there again, maybe get there, but make sure we got the plug for the live bait tank and, and do it properly. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't remember. Did, did the captain? Did he? Did he think that somebody had stolen that? Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. That's that's. I think that's what he was blaming it on. Um, uh, no, he was, a good, he was a good man, but uh, I felt sorry for him. <laughs> We've all done it. I can, yeah, I can assure no, you, no. I've forgotten a critical piece of equipment once or twice. <laughs> Oh man! Oh yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Um, and that boat he had, that Ocean Master, that was an amazing boat. That was the first time I'd ever uh, been aboard one of those. Yeah, yeah, it got us out there pretty quickly, and um, it was good fun. Well, Tom, uh, you're a lifelong angler, and uh, now you run the family business, Composite Developments. Uh, you fished all over the world, and uh, I'm hoping you've got a story you can share with us from your adventures. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been super lucky and. You said to think of a, a good story, and I actually thought back to my first fishing adventure with my dad and my brother. Um, uh, sorry, not first fishing adventure, first fly fishing adventure. Um, we had a, a float trip lined up, uh, a little different to probably your float trips. Um, we're obviously in an inflatable raft, uh, and yeah, I guess it's a little bit different to perhaps the ones I've done in the States. Um, a lot more rapids. Uh, and 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 yeah, no, you know, just just a little bit different. So, I was uh, really excited about this trip, but a few weeks prior, I hurt myself in a um, in an accident, a ski accident, and and I uh, needed operate, I needed an operation on my shoulder. Problem is, it was my right shoulder. So, I was going on this fantastic <laughs> once in a lifetime trip, uh, and I had basically been a week or two out of surgery. Um, but that didn't didn't stop me, and, and, and Dad rightfully said, well, it's up to you, mate. Do you want to come or not? Um, so that evening or, or that week, I had to learn to do everything with my other hand, which was interesting. Long story short, we had a great trip, but I had to do it all with my left hand, and um, it actually, I got a really nice cast, and I can do it with both hands now, and, and it's something... I don't know, it taught me to, to, to appreciate more being there and, and the adventure around it. And I've probably carried that through since. And and since, you know, joining, you know, the likes of, of, of your family in, in, in Montana and in Idaho. And, uh, you know, it's not always necessarily about the fish and it's about the experience. And um, obviously it's nice to be able to cast and catch something, which, which I can do with my left hand now. But it's more just appreciating <laughs> the adventure and, and, well, learning to hold on with one hand. Yeah, there you go. Were you was that a fly fishing trip or both? Yeah, no, it was just fly fishing. So it was in the central North Island. Um fantastic piece of country. Uh and yeah, we basically started up the river in a in a, an inflatable. Um I can't remember the name of the guide, but he had a little dog with him and the dog went everywhere. Um but it was just a fantastic yeah, you know, this was I think I was only about fourteen, so um quite a lot younger. 
um, but just a fantastic adventure and probably you know I'd been more uh, exposed to saltwater fishing um, in my younger days and that was really my first proper fly fishing trip and uh, just the, the the nature and and being a part of it was yeah I guess I learned a pretty quick lesson that it's not always about the fishing and the fish and sometimes about the adventure too Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to just put the rod down and look around. I, I, I noticed that a lot with, with the clients that we take floating out here. And we do a lot of fishing around here out of rafts on kind of whitewater rivers too, real scenic and beautiful. And, you know, if, if people get too transfixed on the fly and the fishing, um, you know, they miss kind of the, the whole overall experience. Yeah. And you guys have some amazing country. And I remember floating past with, um, Rob Sander at the at the helm and looking over to the right and moose um, gorging away in the, in yeah. the mangroves and oh it's just you know that's something pretty special um, and and you know we have some really special places here too and some great fisheries but we perhaps don't have those wild animals like you do and I know it's um yeah definitely been lucky and I think it's 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 a it's a pretty cool sport to be able to do that and, and appreciate it. How long did it take you to become proficient with your left hand? Well, it was a it was a speed lesson, but you know the good thing was I, I wasn't <laughs> um, I wasn't an expert with my right hand. So, you know, I guess when you start young, it's it's I didn't really know anything else, um, and I just I just learned. And, and actually, you know, it's always debatable whether people cast with their right hand and have their reel set up on their left or their right. Um, you know, New Zealanders do it quite different to to, to you guys, and and um, I kind of worked out my own little system, and actually had a really patient cast. Which you know, when you're teaching a new angler to cast, it's the first thing they do is they do it too quick and 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 get a tangle up. So when you're doing it with your cat hand or your left hand, it's uh, it actually slows you down. So I wouldn't say it was a bad thing at all. Right? Yeah, I've I've tried to teach myself to cast left-handed, and I. I'm not very good with it. And, uh, it's, it's amazing when you can see somebody that can, uh, you know, is equally proficient from either side. I've been on some trips in the saltwater and stuff where, you know, like a bonefish guide or a permit guide or something, will pick it up and can double haul just as far and just as cleanly and smoothly with the left hand as the right hand. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all, all you got to do is come off your, um, skis at a great rate of knots dislocate your shoulder so bad that you can't put it back in and, and <laughs> the surgeon will, will force that uh force that lesson on you <laughs> all right yeah i think i'll skip that part i might try another method but uh most uh most north americans associate uh you know big difficult trout with with new zealand fly fishing uh but the country has an incredibly diverse saltwater fishery uh, can you give us some insight into some of the species that are available out there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm no by no means an expert in that area, but spent a little pot, little bit of time doing it and, and, and really watching some of our customers get stuck in. And we have a really abundant fishery uh, of kingfish, which yellowtail, um, uh, kawai, which is basically an Australian salmon, and, and snapper. So they're quite a pred- they're all quite predatory fish, um, and you know if you get into a workup or or in fact in the flats and you get the tides right, they all come up into quite shallow water. So a lot of guys are out there um, fly fishing for those. And tell you what, if you could get a yellowtail on a fly, it it is it is fun. 
even a small snapper is an absolute hoot and kawai are, are plentiful so whether you're in the flats or you're actually out on the ocean and on workups uh, there's a lot of guys getting into it and it is a it is an absolute hoot um yeah oh i bet I wasn't aware that there was a spot where you could catch yellowtail on the fly. And one of my friends, a local guide here, a guy named Josh Lauer, went to New Zealand a few years ago and and sent me this picture. And it was of you know him in knee deep water on a flat holding the yellowtail, and, uh, and that kind of opened my eyes up that uh, there's a there's a spot you can go down there and do that. Man, sign me up for that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean fishing with the scoots and um, you know your bigger flies. They just love it, and and I know guys that do it really successfully. Um, you get the tides right, and, and there, obviously there's a lot of entrances, um, you know, harbour entrances that then go to sort of mangrove, and 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 those fish um, hunting for food, they get kind of stuck up there, um, and and yeah, it's 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 good fun, really good fun. And you do a lot of offshore fishing yourself, right? Yeah, I, I guess. I think of myself as a, a jack of all trades and not necessarily a, a master of any. Um, what I enjoy is doing as many types of fishing as I possibly can, which probably comes at the expense of being an expert in, in one particular area, but it gives me exposure and um, allows me to design better gear, I feel. So, uh, you know, a big bit of time that I spend is in those ex- pushing our gear to the extreme limits, which is which is game fishing and, and offshore. Um, and again in New Zealand we're, we're pretty lucky because we've got that ultimate sort of testing ground you know I can go trout fishing within a couple of hours I can go snapper kingfish um, kawai I can do that in 10 minutes and within an hour it can be game fishing as well so um, we're pretty lucky here in New Zealand and yeah still chasing those those those, those big records but uh, it's the same again as I just be, love being out there doing it What's that new, um, is it the the haiku rod, that new red rod that I see um, on your social media that uh, that those you guys down there are using to, to haul in big grouper and big tuna and stuff? Yeah, well, well haku is actually the Māori name, um, which is our indigenous culture here in New Zealand, is, is the Māori name for kingfish. So kingfish down oh, gotcha. here, I, I hope I'm not mistaken, but I know that I think of uh, must be like eighty percent of the world records for yellowtail are here in New Zealand. Um, we have some pretty big, uh, big versions of them, and we catch them on top water. We catch them jigging. We catch them live baiting. You even catch them in your in your lures when you're trying to catch marlin. So yeah, haku is a really sought after species here, and we develop those rods especially for that. Um, and it's, I tell you, topwater fishing is a is a really really exciting form, perfect for up in the islands and things too, and chasing your your, your jacks and all sorts of those sort of pelagic species. Oh yeah, man, that sounds incredible. Um, I cannot wait to get down there. Um, is as far as uh, like the uh, the flats, are there abundant flats available around New Zealand, or are they in one specific area? No, there's lots. I mean, from where I'm sitting now, which is in Auckland, um, our biggest city, uh, sort of north of here, you know, pretty much every entrance to the harbour has some version of flat or harbour in it. Um, it's probably an underutilised or not necessarily spoken about fishery, but there's a couple of TV shows that have that have done it and spent some time there and caught some really, really nice fish. 
the other aspect to it is we have, uh, especially in the spring months, for us that's September to November or September to December, we have a lot of workup fishing. So, you know, where the, where the birds and the, and the bigger pelagic species drive up the bait fish, and the fishing is just unbelievable. You cast a fly into that, you're almost guaranteed to catch something. Um, and same for different types of lures and, and, and jigs. Uh, you basically got, you know, almost five or six different species in the one area, and depending on what jig you drop and where you get to in that column of feeding, um, you can catch all sorts of different things. So it's, it is really exciting. But to answer to you, answer your question, it's um, yeah, they're everywhere. You've just got to spend a bit of time and get wow. the tides right, and and maybe burly up, um, attract the fish in. Uh, no, they're there if you want it, for sure. So if you go down there, you better have at least a month because you're going to want to spend probably a week river fishing for trout. You're going to want to spend a week flats fishing at least. And then you're going to want to spend a week offshore. And at some point, your wife's going to want to go shopping. So you got you to gotta put some time into your trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and, it's got a lot going on. And I'd recommend that anyway, even if you weren't fishing, spend a bit of time and, and travel the whole country. You know, something I've been doing the last year we've all been stuck in New Zealand they're spending a lot more time in the South Island um, it's not that far away and I think most New Zealanders have been too um, it's a completely different fishery down there uh, I just got back from Stewart Island last uh, two weeks ago and, and that is probably the southernmost point of our country so it's pretty wet and it's pretty cold but the fishery is unbelievable we walked around the island for a few days and I just had a a little uh, telescopic rod in my um, in my bag, and had a little softback, and I was catching blue cod off every cast. You know, in- interesting challenge. There's a lot of weed and, and um, you know seaweed, so you have to kind of get the fish on a plane, uh, wind it in fast to get it past the weed. But just incredible. All you have to do is drop a bait down or, a, or anything that looks like a jig, and you catch something. And at the same time, we were getting abalone, or we call it parlor, off the rocks and eating it for dinner. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was doing that without getting my feet wet, which is pretty <laughs> incredible. Um, and then from there, we worked north. Um, sorry, we yeah, worked north in a camper van, and the rivers in the South Island are just – it is different to fishing up here because you're, you're sight fishing. You can see the fish, and then it just becomes this adventure of trying to get them on the end of your rod. And, you know, as opposed to sort of Turangi and that where, yeah, you do see them every now and again, but it's more about reading the water and, and understanding where to put it. Um, but every time I go fishing, I'm learning something, and that's what I love most about it. And especially when you go with different people, you learn different things. And on those rivers down there, what's the access like? Um, do you have to, you know, do you have to pay for a beat? Do you have to know a landowner? How do you, how do you get on those rivers? <laughs> It's really quite incredible, and I don't know, I guess we're a little bit spoiled here in New Zealand, but you can see the river from the road and you just park your car up and walk. Um, you know, I would recommend getting a guide for the first couple of times, but there's so much public access. Yep, there is some private access, but if you walk up the river, you can pretty much go wherever you want, and there is some incredible public access. A lot of dock land. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yep. you, you need to buy a licence. Um but there is, and there's obviously seasons, of course, but there is some incredible fishing. You know, one of the things that's spoken about a lot 
uh, is our canal fishing. So some time ago they built these uh, canals for hydropower. So they're all man-made canals that stem from lakes um, and basically generate electricity for the for the South Island. In those um, in those canals they have salmon farms, and every now and again there's a release. But equally, wild trout uh, have made their way into these um, into these canals and have been feeding on the same food. Now I don't know if you've seen them online, but some of the fish they pull out of these canals is Huge. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I've seen some of those, yeah. So so that is a unique fishery in itself. And, you know, we've developed rods completely specialised so that you can egg roll, you can soft bait into the cages where the, where the salmon are kept. Um, and it's a completely unique fishery that I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, we do a little, we're starting to do a little wow. bit of float fishing in there too. Um, but at the same time, literally just across the uh, a road from it, is one of the best rivers I've ever fished as well. So, you know, you can go fish the canals and, and yeah, there are guys that are fly fishing it, but, you know, we've developed some eight to 10 foot specialized spinning rods that we think are better for it. But then at the same time, you go and grab your fly rod and go and fish these unbelievable rivers. Um, it, it truly is, truly is pretty cool. And I think a lot of New Zealanders really didn't know how lucky we were until we were forced to stay here. And as you know, we're locked down and can't go anywhere. But it's um, yeah, yeah. It's I think there's been a few more fishing spots found in the last year. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's kind of one of the one of the bright spots of this whole thing here. Like I myself and you know my buddies that I fish with and stuff have done a lot more exploring in the last year and a half than we than we did in the past. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, just around us here too. There's so many places that I haven't even got to. Um, just uh, nearly limitless. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't that the beauty of our sport, whether it's salt water, it's fresh, it's, you're constantly, I know, I like to constantly learn and, and with fishing I am. Um, I don't think it's something you can ever perfect or be, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a constant, probably sounds a bit cheesy, but a constant path of enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yep. Always on the brain too. Oh yeah. And frustrating at the same time. Uh, yep, for sure. So, are there fly shops down there, um, or do you kind of need to gear up if you're going to go if you're going to go down on a tour on your own of the South Island? Um, are, are there places you can get gear? Oh yeah, heaps. There are some great um, fly shops and fishing shops all up New Zealand, and it's the same thing I do wherever I go. Same when I'm over there is always stop in and talk to locals and understand what's working and what's not. Not only does it keep them in business, but it's also fascinating to learn new things. So to answer your question, yes, pretty much any of the main centres have some great fishing and hunting-based stores. Um, and, you know, like you just have to visit our website. And we supply to 99% of them in New Zealand. And then you can, uh, you know, cdrods.co.nz, visit our dealer list, and you can... Um, you know, go, and, go and have a chat to them or, or just give us a call too and say who, who, I'm going to X I'm going to Queenstown who should I talk to and we can put you in touch awesome yeah I had a, a captain down in Florida reached out to me the other day and said he's planning a trip down there um, and if I knew anyone he could, he could talk to and I said yeah you just need to call the guys at CD and and they'll uh, they'll line you out uh, with uh, with whoever you need to talk to wherever you're going yeah absolutely absolutely so hopefully we can get these borders open so that you guys can come and visit. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but I hope it's soon. 
So you guys are still fully locked down as far as tourists? Yeah, well, actually, a month ago, we opened to Australia. So Australia and New Zealand can fly between each other and some of the Pacific Islands. So Rarotonga opened yesterday. Um, so the, the Cook Islands have just opened. But so that's, you know, that's that's better because there's a lot more tourists coming. And, and I know our saltwater fishery, there's some hungry Australians that wanted to get over here and get into it. Um, speaking to a lot of our charter partners, they have had some a lot of forward bookings from Australia. So that's that's great. But yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, if you're under 65, you know, it's still a long way off getting our vaccination and yeah, it's still some time before we'll open up. Gotcha. So you guys are still 65 and over for for getting a dose? Well, it's just they're, they're just obviously getting the, the urgent people first. So they're getting the front line um, and then they're getting you know, the front line staff, boarders, doctors, that sort of thing. And then then getting the older, more more at risk people. And then hopefully... I think the goal is by the end of the year, but, you know, we might see that stretch out a little further. And I imagine that until we do that, they won't be able to open the borders to, you know, the likes of our friends in, in America and, and, and abroad. Right. Yeah. Well, it's starting to kind of return to normal around here a little bit. So awesome. hopefully the trend continues. Awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, one of the coolest products to hit the fishing industry uh, that I've seen um, is the Trist kits. And um, you gave me my first one of those several years ago um the all fly fly rod kit which i've been using for for several seasons now um now it has that uh the switch handle that you can that you can screw into the bottom which is a, a game changer and then i just got my first um spin fishing trice kits too um can you explain the the trice product line to us yeah for sure Look, this, the, the whole Trist brand, you know, with CD rods, we, we're pushing materials, we're pushing uh, our rods to the, to, to the very nth degree. Now, a need arose, you know, mostly from me and, and, and my friends and what we do, and that is we travel around um, and we adventure. So going fishing, whether it's, you know, near or far, you're almost always in a plane, in a car, um, or, or in a boat so we wanted to develop the very best product but have it able to come on the adventure with us so you know I, I obviously come to ICAST I come to the States a few times a year I want all my rods with me but I can't afford to take four different rods and, and um, saltwater gear and fly fishing gear and, and fit it all in my bag and I used to be able to get a lot get away with a lot more with the lines but they're getting pretty clever now and they're they're uh, technology you don't even speak to a person it's just a machine um so so what we did is develop the very best rods in a way that you can take it with you and you can adapt it to the situation so whatever fishing situation you come up against you've got the very best gear to to tackle it so in the all fly for instance um we first started with our frustrations with a fly tube and a bag and how long it took to put your rod together so we redesigned that and we patented a case that you can open up um, and you can grab the pieces that you need much, much quicker. Um, then in terms of the pieces inside, well, you've got essentially everything that you could need if you have the full set. Um, you've got a five, six weight setup, um, a seven, eight weight setup with the common base. So you can change the tips around as you like. We've got some guys that run a bit of both. So might have a softer tip and the, um, you know, the 7.8 butt mid 
Uh, and with that, you can also extend it to a 10 foot. So there's a 10 foot extension. So if you're doing your check nymphing or you're doing, you know, like you mentioned, you put the, um, the spay connection on the end and you want to really get it out there or even do some saltwater fly, you can. And so that's the fly setup. And then we also have an all-sock, which is the spinning saltwater setup that you mentioned. Now that is a bigger case, but again, you pretty much have four. Um, you have the common base and you have four different options which cover the range of fishing that you know that I would that I would do. And then new this year, we've just launched an all-land, which is a land-based version, which is essentially a 10-foot. Uh, sorry, it could be an 8-foot, a 10-foot, or a 12-foot land-based rod, so designed for surf casting and fishing off the rocks. Now, the brand is different because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different mentality, and we've tried, to, we've tried to create a product that, you know, doesn't exist. I mean, there are lots of travel rods out there, but in my opinion, nothing that has this level of quality but is also durable and, and transportable. Yeah, and uh, you know the the all fly kit itself is is proven to be really durable. Um, I've taken that thing uh, steelhead fishing, trout fishing, bass fishing, pike fishing, saltwater fishing. It's been on airplanes, and um, I've had zero issues with it. Um, and you mentioned um, you know having the versatility to uh, to switch from. Uh, nine foot to 10 foot. And then uh, with the, the new switch handle is amazing. Like for instance, the other day I was on the Bighorn River and it was blowing, you know, 50 miles an hour. And um, and my buddy stayed in the camper and I uh, I put a big Skagit head um, on my reel and uh, and put that, uh, that space switch handle on there, went out and caught several nice brown trout. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. It works so well. Um, so that's an amazing system and the, the tube itself is ingenious and everybody that sees it, you know, their eyes light up because it's a tri-folding magnetic tube. Um, that, and there's nothing, nothing like that on the market for sure. No, that's right. And, and oh, I don't know, I mean, the, the technology and how we store our rods hasn't exactly changed. Um, and so we wanted to do something really different and, uh, you know, changes sometimes frowned upon in, in, in our industry but uh, it's awesome to hear that you know you're really loving it because I, I do too it's given me so much more freedom still doesn't mean I don't have to have my 10 rods in the garage because I still do have that uh, <laughs> but right. you know it's 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 it gives you that versatility and at the same time you know something that's important to me is getting people into it and it can be quite daunting when you walk into a fly shop and look at the price tags of what you need to spend to get decent gear um, the beauty about this system is you can start off with your 5.6, um, you know, have a six weight setup. And then as you want to try more, you just buy those pieces that you need at a fraction of the cost of a whole rod. Because why do you need another reel seat or another butt? You know, it's, it's, um, the butt makes up the majority of the cost of a, of a rod in most cases. So, yeah, we've tried to really think about it economically and, and probably how I would justify it with my partner. <laughs> what what right, I can get away right. with, so... Oh, but look, I don't have to buy 10 rods, uh, even though I will. Um, it seems practical. <laughs> well, I'm really uh, excited to, to fish that uh, all-salt spinning kit, too. Um, 
you know, terminal tackle kit. Um, I think that's going to be a game changer for traveling fly anglers. Um, when I go on a saltwater fly fishing trip, you know, sometimes you're in conditions that just aren't conducive to fly fishing or, you know, whether that's water depth or, or the wind or what have you. And, um, I flew all the way there. I'm not going to go sit at the lodge. I'm going to fish, uh, you know, Buster came to fish and, uh, and that system just gives you everything that you would need for, for any of the scenarios that I've encountered in my saltwater fly fishing travels. So that thing is, uh, that's a game changer and it's all in that one easy tube. Um, I'm stoked to take that thing on a trip soon. Yeah. Like that, wherever I travel, I take an all salt kit and an all fly kit. I take two spinning reels, two uh, fly reels and a little bit of tackle. And I literally do take that anywhere, everywhere I go. Um, you know, that last trip to the States, uh, we went, we were fishing out of Florida we were jigging, we were live baiting for, um, for, for sailfish, catching groper, uh, snook, all sorts of things. Um, and then you've got the fly rod there too, if you, if you, if you want to have a flick. And, and I jumped on a plane and come and saw, and came and saw uh, the crew, Santa's and the Harmons, and, um, and we did some fly fishing. So yeah, to me, that's a dream trip. And uh, I was lucky enough to call it work, but the, the beauty of it is that I had, the very best gear with me and, and that's usually the problem too because I go on friends boats or, or to friends lodges and they say they've got all the gear but they never do um you know you right. want to have your own gear and you want to have it you want to have the right gear so you know this system has allowed us to be able to do that um and and especially when we're going fishing exact example like you're talking about we're going offshore well it's not always conducive to be out in 30 or 40 knot winds so we might be anchored up somewhere and then all of a sudden we want to fish for the inshore species um and there's no room on the boat for all the gear but i have it because i have it up in my bunk and i pull it out and i go fishing (laughs) yeah and you're right i mean that's really all you need is an all fly all fly ultimate with two reels and uh and two separate spinning reels and you're pretty well set up for most situations that I can imagine. Yep. And the two, the two carry cases of rods, I just take on the plane with me. Um, and the rest is in my carry on and we're good to go. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's all, that was all engineered, um, in New Zealand by yourself and, and your, your staff, right? Your, your team down there. Yeah, it was a massive team effort. I mean, it took three years to develop that fly and salt set. Um, you know, we used a lot of our pros testing. Um, you know, d- Dad was involved. Uh, I spent a lot of time at the factory, uh, and you know, to get it just right. And, and we didn't launch it for yeah, almost three years um, to make sure that we had it right first. So yeah, really happy with the final product. Um, and you know, in my eyes, it's, it's the sort of next generation. We're, we're still developing. We're still playing with new materials and trying to perfect the fly rod. But, you know, in terms of development in the industry, it's ooh, a, a graphite rod is, is pretty well there for the use that we want. So we're always trying to look for different ways and, 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 and different ways to access our adventure. And, and Trist is the next generation of that. You're right. And those uh, the product promo videos that you guys came out with are really cool. Yeah, yeah. Pr- those are really, really well done. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. It's it's um, maybe just a snapshot of what we got here. You need to come over and. We'll film some too. 
Well, I mean, like you said, as soon as it opens up, that's the next place we're going. That's the next uh, big trip we're going to take. We're going to bring the whole the whole family down there for about a month and um, and just explore. And you'll your government's going to have to kick us out of there. <laughs> awesome, man. That sounds good. <laughs> I guess the other thing that's worth probably pointing out is CD Rods is forty this year. That's right, the fortieth anniversary. Yep, yep. And to celebrate, we're uh, doing we're basically taking our four favorite rods including an unbelievable fly rod and i know i'm sorry i haven't got one in your hands yet but we're basically going to be doing 40 of each and limited edition numbering them one to 40 um they're going to come in a real custom box they are cool and that's going to be the sort of launch of some new new fly gear in the cd space too so there's some really exciting things to come um and i i know you you're gonna love this new fly rod i've sent you some pictures I know it's not fair, but we've only got a few samples and we, we've got to test them out um, a little bit more and then we'll get one over to you. Oh man, I'm excited. The rods that I have are, are phenomenal. The XLS, I haven't met an angler that that uh, hasn't picked that up and cast it and said that it's one of the better fly rods they've ever thrown. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tom, do you have, uh, do you have another uh, fishing story for us? How about that giant tuna that you caught last year? What was the scoop on that? How big was that thing? Oh, yeah, it was a, a southern bluefin, um, 120 kilos. So it was a bit of fun. Um, you know, last year I actually had – so to, to set the record straight, I'm probably the most unlucky game fisherman, I feel. It took me 37 days to get my first marlin. Um, so that's 37 days on the ocean – uh, to put that in perspective, my brother, when he was 14, went out and got a marlin within two hours of his first trip. So <laughs> I've always felt felt like I've been up against it. And and these aren't just 37 days of me on my boat. It's it's um I've been I've been on world class boats and just seem to be really unlucky. Uh, anyway, once <laughs> I kind of broke that trout, we've had a lot of fun since. Um, and last year was just an unbelievable year. You know, things have been busy and I probably only got out maybe 12 days. But within those 12 days, we caught about 16 you know, game fish, really nice fish. So marlin, we caught blue marlin, striped marlin, um, uh, bluefin tuna, yellowfin tuna. And actually, I wasn't there on that day, but our boat caught a black marlin as well. So um, that's how diverse our fishery is here. Black marlin are very rare, but they're here and when they're here they can be huge but one of the ones i hadn't ticked off last year was a bluefin tuna and i took the boat down a, a seven hour drive to this most incredible place called waihau bay and we actually took some customers down too and we had the weekend and we didn't catch a thing two days trawling it was cold you know the fishery runs usually in the winter so it was cold it was rough um, and we didn't didn't catch anything to write home about anyway so I went home pretty frustrated and then had a call from a friend saying, hey, we're going to do it again. We're going to get in a, a slightly bigger boat and we're going to go from Tauranga and we're going to actually um, trawl all the way down. And I said, righto, I'm in. And uh, this was only about four days after I got back, so took a lot of negotiating on the home front. But we uh, jumped in this bigger boat and um, the thing about bluefin is, you know, they fire and when they fire, it's all go. Um, it's a commercial caught species, so a lot of the commercial longliners do it at night, and they can they can sometimes strip the fishery. 
Um, so you really need to be there when it's firing and, and perhaps not after they've just filled their boats um, because, you know, they're dropping hooks down with thousands and thousands of, uh, of hooks, which is, is hard to compete when you're trolling lures. So anyway, we went back. To, we right. went back down and um, uh, just had the most unbelievable day. I hooked up. Well, actually, I didn't hook up. I wasn't in the chair, so I don't know if you know, but when you're usually on a game fishing boat, you take half an hour each, or you take a certain time allotment each. Um, but the two other guys on the boat probably got a little bit too stuck into the beers the night before and um, <laughs> were actually asleep. So we hook up. And as you can imagine, I shouted really loudly, uh, more of a, maybe a whisper, wake up, wake up. Um, <laughs> and they didn't wake up. And so I look at the skipper and I said, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, in a matter of words, and not very politely, said, get on the rod and sort it out. Um, and so I did. And, and it just so happened to be this, wow, a pretty fantastic fish, 120 kilos. We must have fought it for about two and a half hours. Uh, it was... It was really rough, so it was almost impossible to get the, the fish to the boat because um, obviously we had to keep the boat safe and, and, and get it close and lead it in. Um, but, yeah, we put it on the deck, and then after that we proceeded to catch a few more. So everyone got a turn, which was just fantastic. And the cool thing about bluefin is you might catch two. Yeah, it probably goes to, for most game fish. You could catch two the same size. One will come in in 10 minutes. The other will take you three hours. Um and obviously, with my luck, I get the one that takes a lot longer. But it, it, yeah, we we just had a fantastic trip to the point where we started to start heading home, and we started pulling lures out of the water because we didn't want to catch more. Um, and then we had at one point we had two lures out in the water, and we still hooked up. So yeah, you've just got to keep putting the hours in and 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 keep you know keep tweaking your techniques and 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 your, your process. But sometimes you just got to be there too. 265 pound bluefin by my uh translation yes yeah, yeah, sorry yep <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's it's, it's not a pacific a... bluefin it's a southern bluefin so the biggest they get is about oh correct me if i'm wrong i don't think i've seen one over 150 kilos which is about 300 pound but the pacific bluefin are the ones that get up to you know a thousand pound or, or, or 900 pound they're they're incredibly big um so this is a southern bluefin, so it's quite a slightly different species, um, but oh boy, it tastes good. Oh man, I bet. So, so that one went home with yeah, you. Yeah, that one did. Yep, it was um, fed a lot of people, <laughs> and nice. I mean, you can only eat so much tuna, and, and I don't think my partner likes it anymore because we had a lot of it. But it's just it melts <laughs> in your mouth, and oh, so good. Poke bowls and searing, and yeah, we, we fed a lot of people, and it was awesome. Oh yeah, that's great. That stuff's the best. I've never had that species, of course, but fresh tuna is hard to oh, beat. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. For sure. Well, Tom, what's the best way for folks to reach out to you? And uh, and if they have any questions about CD, how do, how do they reach you on uh, social media or email or website? Yeah, cool. Um, there's lots of ways. Uh, we've got all the grams. Um, obviously, you can CD Rods NZ on Instagram, um, CD Rods NZ on Facebook. Uh, cdrods.co.nz uh, is our website. We're just doing a bit of a website change at the moment, but either way, you'll find our address and and, and contact. And you know, if you you ask for me, um, it'll get forwarded on to me and, and and let us know how we can help. Put you in touch with a good dealer down here and some guides, and 
get you fishing. Awesome, awesome. And those Trist videos, how do folks locate those? Those are really yeah, cool. Yeah, YouTube's the way to go. If you uh, jump on YouTube and just search Trist, which is Tri-CD, T-R-Y-C-D. And if you search that, um, also Trist.com, you can look on the website there. So plenty of uh, plenty of content and um, yeah, have a look. And if you've got any questions, please just reach out on the website or via email um, and we can we can help you. Well, awesome, man. Thank you very much for joining me today. It was nice uh, chatting with you and catching up, and uh, we'll talk soon, and uh, hopefully uh, see you in the next year and a half or so. Mate, I hope so. We need to get you down, and we need to get fishing. Go to thefebruaryroom.com, where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.